you? No, sorry, not now. I gaze from a crowd of strangers. Suddenly one is aware of staring into the face of an old friend. Now look, seriously, could you just... Interesting thing, a tuxedo. There's distinction to friends and anonymity to waiters. Ah, I chose this wine. It's bloody awful. What a couple of lightweights. You couldn't even make it to closing time. Can you whisper? Not really! Two True Freaks presents Hope of All Trades. Hosted by Hope Molnax. Talking like a man and fangirling like a lady since 2010. Ask me. Why are you smiling? Because Sherlock Holmes has made one enormous mistake. The game is something on. Yeah, that, that. Did you miss me? 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 Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Hope of All Trades. My name is Hope Molinex and I have a really awesome show for you. It's that time again. It has come and I'm so excited because it's my favorite convention like of all times and that's saying something because I've been going to Dragon Con for like 10 years so that's that's a really big thing for me to say. Last year you might remember I did a Rota 221B Con series and I did about three Sherlock episodes and a Cabin Pressure episode and this year 221BCon is back for a second year, and I'm so excited, and I am joined by the wonderful ladies, the founders and creators of 221BCon! Hooray! Hey! You guys want to introduce yourselves and kind of talk a little bit about what you do for the con? I, in whatever order you guys want to. Hunger Games, fight! <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone jump at once! Okay, I'll go first. Hi, my name's Kathy, um, and I run the merchandise side of 221BCon. And it's the first con I've ever directed. Yay! I guess I'll just go next. <laughs> My name is Taylor. Uh, this year for Teach One Con, I'm running the volunteer staff. So if you're going to be on our volunteer staff, you will have to deal with me. No, that makes it sound threatening. No, I promise it'll be fun and good times. And, and I've worked for Dragon Con for the past few years, but this is the first one that I've ever been really on board from the beginning and everything with. Hi, I'm Crystal. Uh, this year, I am um, in charge of guests and ne hotel negotiations and kind of a, a little bit of anything that's a loose end. Not with us, I should add, is Heather, who does a good deal on dealers, and her and I together do programming. And uh, I'm Liz, and this year I'm handling registration and the website. Awesome. And just in case you broke up a little bit, this is Liz, so hi. <laughs> hi. Before we actually jump into the con, I'm a little bit curious. Just because I wanted to talk to people uh, about who know Sherlock incredibly well. And that's not saying anything against my guest, Chris Tyler. I did a season three recap of Sherlock. Uh, but I just wanted to hear what you guys thought. What did you think of the new season of Sherlock? I personally adored it. I loved it. Um, I will say that it improved on watching it in one full sitting. Not necessarily breaking it up by episode. Because they relied so much on each other. That it improved how much I liked it by seeing it more and together. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I um I, I made a point to watch each episode as soon as I could possibly get to to them to watch them and I thought I thought it was really good. Uh and I'm looking forward to the next season because, you know, cliffhanger and all. Taylor, I know you've I know you've talked extensively about this with the Baker Street Babes. I love the new season very, very much so. Um I understand why the people who don't like it don't. But it was it's definitely up my alley as far as things went. I am very scared about the route that it may take from the ending of last season. But I'm holding out hope. 
Why is that? Because I, I really enjoyed the end of last season. Because I really don't want Moriarty to be alive because that completely negates the entire plot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that likes to kill people and then bring them back to all the time so that it's consistently nobody's death means anything. See, I'm going to trust our boys on that one. I'm going to hope for the best. And um, my major concern is a baby at Baker Street. That's what I don't want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I have a feeling that Mary might die in childbirth. No, I mean, I love, I love Amanda Abington. I mean, I'm not even going to lie about that. And I think her portrayal of Mary was fantastic. And this is the first Mary character that I have ever liked. Amen. And that includes in canon. I just cannot. Please, no baby. And last but certainly not least, Kathy, what did you think? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was I was definitely along from the ride to the very start. And I just, I loved Amanda's portrayal of Mary. And I've never liked Mary and Cannon either. And I was just like, oh, my God, I love her so much. So hopefully she sticks around. But, you know, you know, our writers, she may or may not make it to the end of next season. So a lot to look forward to there. I completely agree. Amanda Abington's my queen. Like, I will defend her with swords and tooth and nail and, like, a comb. Like, I will fight for her. Like, for her. <laughs> you, you and me both, Hope. You and me both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's wonderful. We all go down together. Yes. Thank you guys for that. And let's talk a little bit about 221BCon. What is 221BCon and how did it start? Crystal, I'm going to let you handle that. <laughs> yeah, Crystal. Okay. Yeah. Crystal will be happy to handle that. 221BCon is a fan con for all things Sherlock Holmes. From canon to modern representations in media and film. How did it start? We were at TimeGate, which is a Doctor Who Stargate convention that is held in Atlanta every Memorial Day. And we were all sitting around and we were trying to talk about how we'd just come out of a Sherlock Holmes panel and it was great. And why wasn't there a Sherlock Holmes convention? And then all of a sudden, one of us said, why don't we start a Sherlock Holmes convention? And it sort of grew from there. What we started out thinking was going to be a... 75 to maybe 150 people suddenly grew a lot very quickly to um, <laughs> close to 700. So it, it was a huge thing. We had to beg the hotel for more space. Everyone came out. They seemed to have a great time, and lots of people are coming back this year. So we must have done something right. Yeah, I spent most of the rest of TimeGate after that discussion looking at hotels. So, like, literally, because you know how, if, if you've been to a con, you know what con life is like. There's no sleeping you occasionally remember to eat something. So it's like three in the morning and Kathy and I were actually staying in a room together and it's like three in the morning and I'm emailing hotels. Yeah. Asking them price rates. <laughs> now you guys put the first one together in like, what, like eight months? 10 months, but yeah. So we started in May the week after we got back from TimeGate. It was uh, June, <laughs> like June 2nd is when we launched everything. That's amazing, because you guys, uh, I remember you guys talked in my last podcast, saying it takes at least a year or more to put a, together a convention. So we're it told. Really should. <laughs> we uh, we got lucky that we did a lot of things wrong and managed to uh, come out smelling like roses, so go us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you guys, like, I, I said in my opening, this is my favorite convention I've been to. I, I was incredibly harsh to another convention. I went to Enchanticon back in November, and it was also a first-year convention, and it paled in comparison to you guys. Like, it was probably one of the worst cons I've been to. Sorry, Oncers. I love Once Upon a Time, and I love the actors, but the convention itself had a lot of problems going, including that it had a higher price range than Comic-Con. Wow. I read your post on that. Um, I, I do appreciate all the great publicity that you gave us there, and I'm sorry you had a 
horrible time at their convention. <laughs> I, I guess I should correct that. I had a great time with the fans, but when it came to con stuff, there were a lot of flaws. But I loved meeting the fans, and a lot of them I still talk to now. If you don't see my Twitter on Sundays and Thursdays, I go completely <laughs> once crazy. So <laughs> I think a lot of that has to do with the type of con, because we're a genuinely fan-run, homegrown, we-just-love-the-show-so-much kind of thing. So we're not in it to make money. So in the end, we don't have as much of this high price range. We may not get as big of a guest because we can't afford to do that necessarily the way that a for-profit convention can. But since we're not a for-profit convention, we put a lot more time and effort into things like our programming, making it affordable, making it family-friendly, things like that. And we, we kind of made a promise to ourselves in the beginning in one of the first weeks when we were trying to figure out how the price range for the con was going to go as the... Uh, as the year went along, because if you've ever gone to cons, you know, as it gets closer to the convention, the price goes up. And we, we kind of made a promise to each other and to ourselves that we would never be one of those cons that was unaffordable, that you would come to the convention and still have money to buy the, you know, the prints that you want or the T-shirts or, you know, give to the charity or whatever it is, go to the tea party, that the con itself would be affordable. That was important to us. We, we're very fan-focused in that we, we care about the people who come to the convention. We want to make sure they have the best time. And, and we, you know, we mingle and we make sure everybody's having a good time. Last year we had what Sasha was our vendor. We wanted her to go and find people who were sitting by themselves and just go talk to them and get them you know, excited to be there. And, and yeah, we want people to just have a good time. I think that's a big difference. That is one of my favorite things about your con is that you could go anywhere in the lobby and just sit down with total strangers and just, it, it's like you're sitting with your family. And I, I kind of joked around that it's sort of like DashCon. It, it was like a big Tumblr convention. But the thing is, is like I made so many friends. I, I met all of you guys there. Yeah. And I mean, I it's just it's been a it's a wonderful con and a wonderful journey that I've never felt so accepted at a con. Because even when I go to DragonCon, there's still those guys who are like, oh man, I know every working part of the Millennium Falcon. And because you don't know every working part of the Millennium Falcon, you are not worthy of a fan. <laughs> And let's not even get to the point that you're a girl in, like, Star Wars. And so I never felt that way. Granted, I would say about 80% of the con was women, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It definitely was. But we also have definitely strived to make it something that um, appeals across age ranges and across and for new fans and traditional Sherlockians, because that's important to us, too, because you have something where you have these brand new uh, fandoms coming up over these new adaptations like Elementary and BBC Sherlock, but there's such a steeped history of Sherlock Holmes fandom that has been around for years and years, and it was kind of important to us to try to pull those together in a way that they could get along and see that, you know, there's no reason they shouldn't be interacting and enjoying the same thing together. I mean, you guys have everything from the original canon to, like, Psych and House. Like, that's a huge range of material to cover. Yeah, Heather and I, um, we probably rebuilt the programming schedule maybe 25 times, even though people only saw it a couple. Um, and it was always very important to us to make everything as balanced as possible and to take suggestions where people made them. We had chart after chart trying to make sure that it was balanced between fandom-focused panels and canon-focused and film and television and then breaking down film and television between, you know, Sherlock, Elementary, Granada, you know, the Rathbones, the radio shows. 
we we really did try to focus on having something for everybody. Well, as someone who didn't do the actual programming, I can't believe how well you guys, it was amazing. So I'm going to put praise on you from the other end of the con. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks. I saw some, you know, after the con, there were some people who were talking about how we're like a Sherlock con and stuff. And I was like, of course we kind of are simply because we get, that's going to be our main group of people who come because that's the group that we kind of tend to appeal to more. But as far as programming went, if you actually look at our programming schedule, it is 100% almost completely balanced between each of the different things. There's no amount of over-programming for one or the other. Let's talk about some of the basics, and we'll get back to programming in a minute. What are the dates this year, and then how much is a pass for the convention? I'm going to sign Liz up for this question. <laughs> Boom! So it's uh, April through 6th, um, which is Friday through Sunday. And currently the prices are $45 until the 28th of March, and that's when pre-registration is going to end. And then at the door, the full weekend pass is going to be $55. A Friday-only pass is $25, Saturday is $45, and Sunday is $35. Uh, Liz, you broke up a little bit. I'm just going to repeat the dates. It's April 4th through 6th. And then you're in a new location this year. How does this hotel, what does this hotel have different than last year's hotel? Because I, I really did like last year's hotel, but there was no Starbucks. And if anyone knows me, I have to have coffee or I'm a big grumpy panda and you do not want to be around me. This hotel has a lot of things that last year's didn't. But at the same time, let me give my hats off to uh, the Holiday Inn because it had that huge, open, beautiful lobby. Oh, yes. Which we did lose slightly in changing hotels. This hotel has um, seating areas and such but not as much as the old one did. But do not let that discourage you because it does have the Starbucks and it does have the bar and it does have a restaurant which serves amazing food. Having, and an indoor you know, pool. <laughs> having made sure to uh, sample it. The hotel has more meeting space, which was important to us because um, we had a lot of panels that were held in small rooms last year that, um, that they just overflowed. So to be able to divide that amongst other uh, places was very important to us and um it also had more actual guest rooms which i know that that's hard to believe since we have you know pretty much taken most of the space in this hotel as well um and had to go to an overflow yeah so there's there's a lot of great things about this hotel and they're very accommodating because they're trying to break into the con circuit in general so hopefully everyone will have a good time now two important questions what is the name of the hotel and will we have a tardis in the lobby this year there will be a TARDIS. Um, the location is yet to be determined because I have yet to figure out a ceiling that is high enough for it. The lobby has a 10-foot-2 ceiling, and the TARDIS is 10-foot-5 tall, in case anybody's wondering about the dimensions of the TARDIS. I think I have found a spot for it, but I want to be sure before I start quoting where I'm putting it. As for the hotel, it is the Atlanta Marriott Perimeter. Um, it is less than, um, it's like 0.1 miles from Dunwoody Station, which is also, a, by the way, a huge um, perk about the new hotel. The shuttle will shuttle you anywhere within five miles, which includes Lenox Mall. It's so Perimeter. Well, what is it? Perimeter, Perimeter Mall. Mall. Sorry. Perimeter Mall. Perimeter. Where you can go to the food court or buy underwear if you forgot underwear or need clothes or, you know, something breaks and you have to have more. They're also going to do shuttles to and from the uh, Overflow Hotel. Now, I see some guests and some performers are returning this year, and you have some new ones as well, including the Baker Street Babes, which I, I figure that Miss Taylor would love to gush about being a member of it. Uh, but so, who are some of the guests this year and the performers? Taylor, you want to take the babes first, and then we can go from there? Take the babes. Um, this year we have, uh, there will be four babes. Unfortunately, Curly can't join us this year. Aww. Because- 
she can't afford, which is sad. But I will be there, um, as will Lindsay Fay, Amy Thomas, and Sarah Roy, who are all three returning from last year. And we will be doing a podcast. And generally just being around to see everybody's smiling faces, being excited about it. Um, it's great. I get excited anytime I get to see the other bays because since we're not all centrally located, it's kind of hit and miss when you get to see each other. As a matter of fact, there's still a babe I haven't met. <laughs> so... It just makes me happy. The goal is to one day, of course, get them all in one location. And I suggest T21B be that location. But, you know, we'll see what happens. While we're talking about it, of course, Amy Thomas and Lindsay Fay, who are babes, um, are also authors. And they'll be there to promote their books and such. Lindsay Fay has even agreed to run the Gods of Gotham uh, book club. If you went to last year's book club, which was uh, Hounds of the Baskerville, her publisher had given us copies of the book to give out. So we did. So we're having two book clubs this year. One for Gods of Gotham, led by Lindsay, and one, of course, by uh, Sherlock Holmes by the Numbers, which is any short story that has a number in the title. And moving on, Daniel Corey, who is a director, screenwriter, writer. He is part of the Moriarty graphic novel and comic book series, and he is going to be coming out, and he's going to be talking a little bit about Moriarty and then about comic and movies and things in Hollywood and how to get involved in all of them. And then, of course, we have Jenna Oliver, local, as I call her, ripperologist and wonderful woman who is really a wealth of knowledge on the Victorian time period and Victorian crime in particular. So you'll definitely want to hit um, her panels. Ashley Polisek, who uh, was with us last year. Everybody absolutely loved her. She's doing a PhD on Sherlock Holmes and media. So she was a great contribution and we heard such wonderful things about her. We had to have her back. Stephen Seitz, of course, is a um, author, and he wrote a Sherlock Holmes versus Dracula novel, and so he's going to be coming in to tell us a little bit about um, Dracula, Sherlock Holmes, and some of the different pastiches and such that have to do with the topics and why they're being mashed up or paired up against each other. Um, as for uh, performers, um, the Atlanta Radio Theater Company is back with us again this year. They're going to be doing, I think, four different pieces. One of them is a preview of the musical, which they have um, specially written for them that they hope to bring um, next year if they're invited back. I know also that we have a lot of great things going on in programming that aren't necessarily guests, but are presentations. But we'll get to that when we talk about programming, I guess. We have a lot of events going on, too, throughout the weekend. I see that Cars Tea Party is an official event this year. And uh, so what's going on with that and some of the other events? And just tell me about those in general and what makes those fun. Well, I know what makes like, cars, tea parties fun, but... <laughs> <laughs> we are very lucky to have um, Cara actually doing the tea party in conjunction with us this year. We really know everyone had a great time last year, and it was very important to us to try to be able to fold that in, and she was very, very accommodating. The tea party will, for, will be for about 300 people. We did a pre-sale of the first 250 tickets. There will be some uh, for sale at the door for people who were not able to get um, the pre-sale in one way or the other. I believe there will be games and there will be um, some giveaways. And then, of course, uh, that's where we'll launch the silent auction that we'll be having over the weekend for the Beacon Society. And then I know that last year they had cosplayers uh, serving the tea. Are we doing that again this year? Yes, <laughs> We don't have the names of who those people are yet. I believe Kara has contacted them, um, but you'll just have to show up and see who serves you tea. Oh, I really hope Toby and Zelly are back as Moriarty and Moran because their uh, uh, their cosplays are so good. 
I know that they're back at the con. I don't know if they're back at the tea party in particular, but I know they will also they will be doing a two panel kind of back to back set of their cosplay as well as their Q and A. And that was incredibly fun last year. I caught the last half of it, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, they're really great. They're awesome. They really are. And I and I remember the fanfic workshop was so much fun, and you have Sherlock Improv. Oh, they're they're hilarious. I caught part of their uh, set too, Sherlock Improv. Well, the Sherlock Improv that we've got this year is actually a new group that is being, the improv's being run in two different sessions, and it's being done by one of the ladies from the um, Toronto uh, bootmakers, Scion, and she's coming down and she's going to run two sessions. Really interested in seeing how it turns out. I think it's going to be great. And you mentioned the Fan Fiction Workshop. We've decided to expand that to two different nights. So the Fan Fiction Workshop will go both Friday night and Saturday night this year. Ooh. I'm just getting excited, sorry. <laughs> we also have of the new events. I personally am freaking out about the craft circle because Oh my gosh. All I want in life <laughs> is to make fan crafts, please. I'm, I'm I totally am like wanting to bring my sewing machine and just like I don't well, I have a ton of sewing projects right now anyway, but just like yes. <laughs> This is this is the part where I point out that we put on a con that we would love to attend that we don't actually oh, we can't get to. Go to. Yes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And then I also see trivia, and I remember how much fun that was until Crystal spoiled me. I did not spoil you. Crystal's general rule is once BBC has put something in a press release, it's no longer a spoiler. <laughs> um, trivia this year is actually being run by um, one of our actually con goers, um, one of our Diogenes Club members. His name is Howard, and uh, he's putting together trivia this year. So hopefully it'll be just as amazing. In fact, I have full faith in him that it will be <laughs> and with spoilers i bet i don't howard know you have to take that up with howard this year howard's seen like every sherlock holmes adaptation ever including the one-offs on youtube that are long if it's sherlock he's seen it he actually recently discovered um a sherlock holmes that was not very well known or actually known at all um somebody who had kind of fallen by the wayside he did a whole like 20 or 25 piece like paper on um the different silent films mm-hmm. and he found one that nobody knew about so he's going to do a panel actually about the silent lock time period and so everyone should definitely check that about it's a wealth of information i uh i read part of the paper and then i was just like you know what i'm gonna go see this man talk if i get a chance because it is it is really interesting there were silent movies of sherlock holmes yes there were yeah. oh my god i have a secret go to that panel <laughs> I have a secret love of silent films, like something that me and my old roommate, this is, I'm sorry, this is tangent, but it, my old roommate and I in college used to turn on old silent films at night and do voiceovers of it. And I have a video of it on YouTube as well of us doing voiceovers to silent films. And it's so much, oh, I, but that's not really the real reason that I love silent films. <laughs> Maybe it is. Anyway, I'm going to put us back on track now. Actually, we are on track. We are on track. We're actually booking it right along. I'm surprised. <laughs> So this is how our normal meetings go. Side tangent, back on to our list. Other tangent, list. So. Uh, well, I mean, that's the perk of chatting with friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I see, I know that you guys are still working on the schedule and that it's not set in stone, but what are some of the Sherlock panels you're having this year? And then we'll talk about the other fandom panels in a minute. Are you, when you say Sherlock, are you asking BBC Sherlock or Sherlock Holmes? all everything Sherlock like what's the range what kind of panels like how deep are these are we gonna have like specifics like what is Sherlock Holmes's dog Toby in his life or something um <laughs> the life of Toby focusing a little bit more on Watson's this year to tell you the truth yes. in my opinion um we've added a Burke versus versus Hardwick panel 
because um, most people don't realize that Jeremy Brett had more than one Watson in his tenure. We, of course, have some of the old favorites, Brett versus Rathbone. We did a Cushing versus Cushing panel this year because apparently there's a whole love of Cushing that, you know, none of us really knew about. And <laughs> there was some people who wanted to talk about Christopher Lee and his time um, as Sherlock Holmes. And then even though it's not necessarily a other fandom, we're doing a look at uh, Sherlock Holmes on um, Star Trek because that's a topic that a lot of people did ask for last year. We, of course, are going to talk about um, Mary Watson and Irene Adler. And the Women of Sherlock panel is back this year because everyone loved it. We have a panel devoted to just looking at Mycroft's and all the ways that he's been portrayed from someone who, you know, was maybe in two of the canon stories all the way up to, you know, a major character in, in today's adaptations. And then, of course, we're going to have the Moriarty panel and a general villains panel. And we got a... a bunch of things going on we added a russian holmes panel to look at the two different versions of um of the russian holmes because there was one that came out many years ago and then there was the one that came out just recently and then of course we've added the sherlock holmes and dinosaurs panel which is (laughs) asylum films adaptation we just recently added young sherlock as well there's a whole bunch of stuff going on and i'm assuming since he was the big bad this year are you guys are are you guys going to have an entire panel on magnuson um, he's going to be covered in the villains panel. All right. I was just curious because, like, I, I haven't reached that story in the canon, so I went into that story cold turkey in BBC Sherlock. So I know I was personally looking to see, find out more about him and how well he's been adapted. But that's just me. I imagine he's going to take up probably a good chunk of that villain panel because <laughs> of the exact that, thing you just said. That's kind of why we broke Moriarty out from the villains panel is to give Moriarty his own panel so that we can focus on everybody else at some point. So hopefully he'll be uh, discussed there, but that's up to the panelists and how they lead the panel. Now, one thing I absolutely love about 221PCon is you opened it up to other fandoms. And for anyone who doesn't know, I don't know how you don't know this and you listen to my podcast, but Stephen Moffat writes for both Sherlock and Doctor Who. So I love that you guys had a big Doctor Who influence of panels. And also, since Benedict Cumberbatch was also on Cabin Pressure, you had Cabin Pressure panels. What are some of the non-Trilockian fandom panels returning this year? And also, what are some of the new fandom panels this year that I might be on? (laughs) (laughs) I I believe what Hope wants me to say is, Hope, we added that Welcome to Night Vale panel. Yeah! The Deconstructing Con, which is a look of uh, Benedict on on Star Trek, because a lot of people did ask for that. We're going to do the Elizabeth Peters panel, which is a slightly different fandom, because a lot of people are really into the Amelia Peabody books, I think is what they're called. The Hobbit is back this year, since we you know, have another one of those that have gone by. The panel shows, British panel shows, is back. Cabin Pressure is back this year. It's called Thank You for Flying MJ in Air, if anyone wants to cry. Oh, oh, I know. It ripped my heart out when I came up with the title, I promise you. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, we, we do have a, a bunch of a bunch of those that will be there. We always try to make it something that other people would be interested in going to. If they didn't want to go, per se, to a Sherlock Holmes panel, there would still be something for them to go to. Now, I know with the 50th anniversary this past, when was it, November? Yeah, November. <laughs> I promise I'm a Doctor Who fan. The, uh, are you guys going to have a panel on the 50th anniversary or just like a general Doctor Who panel? It's a general panel this year. But, you know, the I think that that's the majority of what the discussion is going to be about. The 50th anniversary, the Christmas episode in which we, you know, got Peter and kind of a feeling out as to what we think is going to happen. And uh, what are you guys, like the four of you, most excited for this year? Can I talk about my thing that I'm in charge of? 
Yes, you can talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let me do an intro first. Do it. Um, One thing we have not mentioned, um, I think I hinted at it a couple of times, but this year 221BCon has chosen a charity. We have decided to um, do different events and including our silent auction and the proceeds from the tea party and this great event that Kathy's about to talk about in which um, the proceeds will go to benefit the Beacon Society. The Beacon Society really focuses on giving grants to teachers and librarians and people that are keeping Sherlock Holmes basically being taught in the school. Kathy, you can now tell about your event. Yeah, okay, so for this year's con, we came up, well, Crystal and Heather, I guess, was it Heather? Heather saw the Dragon Con. Heather saw the Dragon Con and just being a game, somewhat of a game, called Shipping Wars, or Ship Wars, you know, and basically what happens is me and the directors talked about the top ten ships from Sherlock Holmes, I guess, entire canon and fandom, and... Each of these ships gets a jar. So like John Locke, more and more, you know, et cetera. I'm not going to go into them and start a big deal, but <laughs> each of the ships get a jar and on the jar, there'll be a label and people will put money into the jar to get their ship to win. Therefore cause some friendly competition among friends and all the money that we collect from the shipping wars will go to this year's charity. Some nice friendly competition at 221 Beacon will be initiated by yours truly. Oh, Now, is this something where they have to try to convince people to like their ships? Well, they can. Yes, yeah, can! It's about showing us who, the, who your favorite ship is by uh, putting the mo- a lot of your money into that jar, let's be honest. I want to yes. make these ships work for my money. Yes. <laughs> you know. You donate in the name of the ship you love most. See, I want. I like. A, I'm a multi shipper. I like a lot of different ships. So I just kind of want to sit but, down and watch them all present their cases. <laughs> there you go. You can. You can do that. I guess stand by the jars and make people who are putting money in it tell you why they're doing it. Yeah. Now, if Toby and Zoe walk up to me in costume with these jars, they're getting all my money. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it in there. <laughs> Note to self. Call Toby and Zelly later. Gotcha. Check. I know to self avoid Toby and Kel- uh, Zelly so I can actually buy food because they'll get my food money as well. <laughs> Just take the jar with them to their panel. There you go. That's actually a really good idea. One more thing I wanted to mention since you want- mentioned wanting to be able to eat. I'm going to go back to why this hotel is great. The hotel this year has an $8 buffet breakfast, so it's not as nearly as expensive as last year's hotel for food was. They also have been kind enough to comp basically internet in the guest rooms if you're in the 221BCon block so it'll pop up saying do you want to pay for internet you say yes and it bounces off your bill and doesn't stay there you know free internet and an $8 breakfast there you go that's my added plug of the hotel awesome <laughs> now Taylor what is something that you're excited for this year all the things <laughs> okay <laughs> um let me <laughs> I, I'm kind of excited to be back in the states this is just a bonus oh. uh, I mean, I love being here in the UK, but I don't know. I am actually about to sit down and do the programming calendar for our movie room. And I actually get kind of excited about that. So what I'm going to be doing is sitting down and sifting through what home shows, movies, etc. we have and working on what the best layout of that is. Of course, if you really want to see something come in the room, the programming changes constantly when people request something, things like that. But I'm trying to do the basic schedule. So I'm actually kind of excited about that. I enjoyed doing that last year. I know there were a lot of uh, 
not a lot of people didn't know there was a movie room. So hopefully there'll be a little bit more this year. But we also have um, the web series of Fingerslip coming, which is the fan funded fan fiction on film, BBC Sherlock. And as, as far as I know, they are bringing some clips exclusive clips for us to show as well so that's kind of cool can i go ahead and put it in my request for the movies yeah go right ahead <laughs> i would love an episode of psych and it'd be one of the yin yang episodes because gus is my one of my favorite watsons ah. yeah oh gus and sean is a very different uh sherlock too so it's kind of fun i always like how gus and sean kind of took the opposites and how sean's really the watson uh, more of the watson character and gus is kind of not really the there's not really a Sherlock in the show but I mean they have all the main characters so that's just my my suggestion it's not like we have to watch a whole season but I would love to see an episode of Psych and you're of course going to go to the from house to Psych panel again this year right Hope what (laughs) (laughs) yes Because last year that was a huge favorite talking about the way Hollywood has taken Sherlock Holmes and used it for its own devices Ooh, I guess I should ask why we're talking about Hollywood. Are there also going to be panels about the Guy Ritchie films and Robert Downey Jr. who and Jude Law, who is hot? Last year, um, we did a panel devoted to Robert Downey Jr. and his portrayal of Holmes. And this year, we are doing one called Hey Jude, which is a look at... <laughs> Heather's going to love that I use this word. Boone Companion Watson. <laughs> so that one's a shout out to Heather, who can't be with us. Um, so... Yeah, this year when I said we were doing a few more Watson-related panels, that is one of them. We added Hey Jude. This is just more of a me question. Aren't they making a third Sherlock? They are. They're in the writing level of that, I think. Ooh. (laughs) And now, uh, Liz, what are you most excited for this year? I love people watching, so I am just enjoying everybody's costumes. That was one of my favorite parts last year. Is there were some fabulous Irene's and Sherlock's and everything, and I've been kind of um, stalking our Tumblr page, looking at what everybody's <laughs> cosplays are, and and that it, there's going to be some really really fantastic ones. And there's a there's a group on Facebook I've been stalking as well. That's all people that are dressing up in Victorian clothing for this, and there's some Victorian versions of Watson and Sherlock, and I've seen previews of their stuff, and that's that's going to be really awesome too is there a cosplay contest this year there is actually and it's we were having the help from uh lee cox who runs i believe some of the costume uh contests at um dragon con he has agreed to step over and be one of our judges and to help us run it so that uh we can improve on the way it was done last year so i'm expecting great things oh and i guess that leaves me i i think what i'm most excited for is just to see everyone I mean, one of the reasons why this is one of my favorite conventions is, like I said earlier, I just feel very welcomed here, and I love the fact, like, even if you don't know a lot about Sherlock Holmes, like, when I came last year, I had never read the canon, I was only really new about BBC Sherlock, and I still felt incredibly welcomed at this convention. It's just so much fun, and it it inspired me to start reading the original canon, just from all the amazing work that you guys did. I get to see my friends, and I, I get to see you guys. And just, I I love absorbing all the knowledge about this ginormous fandom. I mean, God, it's been around for what, 150 years? I love that people walk away from the con and they realize that their Sherlock Holmes may not be the only Sherlock Holmes. And that there are other ones that exist. And they come in, like you, loving BBC Sherlock or Elementary or the Russian Holmes or only Jeremy Brett. And they walk out, you know, with either a new favorite or the copy of the Silver Blaze to go read or, you know, something like that. I think that's, you know, one of the things I love about it. 
as that that was what I really liked last year too. Is I think it, even it went the other way. There were some of the the older academic Sherlock fans that have only done the canon that didn't want to see the shows that maybe realized why everybody loves the shows and hopefully went over went home and watched them and continued to love that and 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 realize they can love the TV shows and love the canon that you know it's not an either or thing. Yeah. One of my favorite stories from last year is you had members of the BSI there, and they signed up for Tumblr pages. Are, are we going to have more members of the BSI there this year? We, From what I hear, yes. I know that when um, Heather and I were lucky enough to go to um, BSI Weekend in New York this year, and we met a bunch of amazing people. And from what I hear, um, a good number of them have registered for the con. So, you know, I'm, I'm, thinking, that, uh, I'm thinking that worlds are going to collide, and I hope that it turns out wonderfully. I'm so jealous you went to that. <laughs> I was just staring at envy at all your Twitter pictures, just going, oh. <laughs> yeah, Heather and I jokingly called our um, Facebook and Twitters our jealousy blogs <laughs> because of all the awesome things that happened to us over that week. All right. Um, any last points about the conventions, you guys? I know I just asked that, but anything else? I'll lead into the next one and saying that we hope we've covered lots of things that will uh, pique people's interest, but if not keep a lookout on our Twitters and our Facebooks and our Tumblrs because we're going to be doing literally almost daily announcements of things to come and that are going to be done at the con. And if you have any questions, feel free to email, ask, or, you know, talk to any of us and we'll be happy to help you out. Now for Twitter and Tumblr, I know it's a hashtag system to track stuff. Uh, do you guys want to go ahead and right now make an official 221BCon 2014 hashtag and where people can find or tweet or tumble during the con? Um, <laughs> Sorry, I put your own I, I really on this hesitant list. about putting down an official um, official hashtag. I know on Tumblr there is a go back and forth between whether or not there is a space. I've always <laughs> I always double hashtag it because I know there are people that prefer to do it one way and there's people that prefer to do it the other. So I'm just gonna say on Twitter it'll be hashtag two two one beacon. End of story. And then on Tumblr, I am guessing we're gonna continue to use both. Alright, I didn't mean to put you on the spot on that one. No, it's okay. I know there's been um, massive debates going on and people wanting us to make an official announcement, but my my look at it is that I'd rather make sure that the information got out there, you know. Worry about it, whether it says 221 Bacon or not. Um, yeah, pretty oh, much. No, 221 Bacon is now official. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I remember most about last year is people saying they couldn't tag it without putting a space because it looked like bacon and that made them hungry. And I was just like, I, okay. <laughs> That's not what I see whenever I don't see a space. This is a callback to the, um, the how to do cosplay panel last year, but I remember Sasha started the tag boob spanks. Well, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I still track that tag. It's been very slow lately, but I, every once in a while, I go back and read theory because it's fun. Oh, that's our Sasha. We love her. I'm so excited about seeing Sasha. All right, guys. So I know you're. So, what is your Tumblr, your Twitter, and your Facebook, guys? And then anything else that I might have missed? I'm sure it's all two two one beacon, right? It's all two two one beacon. <laughs> Easy to find everywhere. We all keep an eye on it. So, you know, come and post. Talk to us. Is there any Instagram, Pinterest, Vines, anything else we should know about? I believe that there is a Google Plus group out there somewhere that was started by one of our members, and he basically takes the information from our other social medias and pops it over. I don't, I'm not sure about an Instagram or a Pinterest. Maybe we'll have to look into those. <laughs> one more thing for us to keep up with. <laughs> we can do it. 
I have faith in us. We can do anything we put our minds to. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on my show. I really appreciate it. Thank I thank you for thank having you, us. Thank you for yes. taking time out of your days. And I, I know like we can all be jealous of Taylor. I know we're it's probably getting a little late over there. So thank you for that too. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem, guys. Well, thank you, listeners, for listening to this episode of Hope of All Trades. I really hope to see you guys at 2G1BCon. Like, I know I talk a lot about DragonCon, and I talk about a lot of other conventions, but this is really my personal favorite con that I've been to in at least the last five to seven years. I mean, I just, I can't even stress enough how much fun you're going to have and how much stuff you're just going to learn. And you're going to find out that you're going to fall in love with stuff that you didn't even know existed. I mean, I, I remember, like I said, walking in and not being a part of any of the can- canon stuff, and I fell into so many fandoms, and as you heard, like, you have Star Trek, Star Wars, Doctor Who, Cabin Pressure, so please go check out Choo on Beacon, it's so much fun, and I, I can't even begin to tell you how much you're gonna have a blast. And I have nothing else, so my name is Hope Molinax, thank you Liz, Taylor, Crystal, and Kathy for being on my show, Heather, I wish you could be here. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you for having thank us. You. We really appreciate it. All right. Well, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. bye.